everybody, and welcome back to the Morning Moxie Show. I'm Alicia Sharp, your host, and today on the show we have John Bevere, and he is actually being interviewed on Praise on TBN, and he is talking to us about the thing that keeps us out of the promised land. And the main thing that he talks about is complaining and how complaining is really a horrible sin. And I know a lot of times we overlook it and we're like, oh, it's no big deal. But complaining is basically saying, God, I don't like where I am in my life. God, this is your fault. Like we we are just not in a good place when we're complaining. We're not in congruency with God. We're not listening to the Holy Spirit when we're complaining. And he shows us here too that the Israelites were kept out of the promised land because of their complaining. And so I look at my life and I'm thinking, Lord, where in my life do I complain? Because I know I complain a lot, especially in different situations that aren't going the way that I want them to go instead of being thankful. So I challenge us all to take this message and to really look at our lives and and help um, see where we're complaining and change that and shift it to being thankful that God is with us wherever we go. Here's John Bevere. One day, I'm just reading 1 Corinthians 10, and I see the list that really keeps them out of their destiny, the children of Israel. And I'm seeing sexual immorality. I'm seeing tempting Christ. I'm seeing building idols, sins like that. I'm like, whoa, those are serious. And then the fifth one is complaining. And I'm like, okay, God, (laughs) how can you put that in that list, right? Wow. And the Holy Spirit said complaining is a very serious thing. And I said, why? He said, it's, a, it's, a, it's the evidence of a lack of holy fear. He said, because complaining says straight to my face, God, I don't like what you're doing in my life right now. And if I were you, God, I would be doing this differently. Mm-hmm. He said, it is an absolute disregard for the process that I'm preparing wow. for you for. If you look at the children of Israel, well, let, let, me, let me back up here. Let, let me, let me, look, since we just went through Joseph, let me, let me set it up this way. If you look at Joseph's life, you know what it shows us? That no man, no woman, no child, no organization, no devil can ever get us out of the will of God. Got it. Out of the destiny that God has prepared for us. Right. I mean, Joseph's brother said, we're killing him, and we'll see what becomes of this dream, right? They purposely tried to thwart the destiny of God on Joseph, and yet they were the very ones God says, because he... God's not bound to time. He knows the end from the beginning. God says, oh, yeah, you think you're going to thwart this? I'm going to use it to put him into his destiny. So the only one that can get you out of your destiny is you. Got it. So God intends the children of Israel to go into the desert for one year because he wants to train them to be able to conquer that land. He said, if I bring them this way, they're going to be war. I'm going to bring them to the desert. So I'm going to train their character so they'll be ready, right? But they complain and they complain. And they complain. Now, here's the thing that all of us have to realize. We have points in our life where we, what I'd like to call their life-defining moments. If you look at Rehoboam, he's he's Solomon's son. He's growing up going, my dad's counselors are so old-fashioned, you know, all this, right? So he's got this thing going, right? His friends, they're making fun of his dad's counselors. So now he's king, and his life-defining moment comes. Israel comes, says, hey, your dad was a little hard on us. And his dad's counselors said, give him grace, let loosen, loosen the yokes. And, and then he goes to his friends, those old fogies, show them who's boss, you know? And he does it, and he loses more than half of his kingdom. He loses 10 of the 12 tribes. Yeah. If you look at Israel, they got a pattern of complaining, 
all right, we're not enough water, you know, they just watched the Red Sea parted, and three days later, we don't have enough water, right? And on and on and on. So now their life-defining moment comes. They don't know it's their life-defining moment. It's when the spies return, and they resort to their complaining. God has brought us out here to kill us. Oh, my gosh, it was so much better for us back in Egypt, right? They They get the rest of their life in the desert. So the destiny God created for them, what he promised them, you will enter into your promised land, doesn't go to them, it goes to their children. So I'm at the point, you know, when Lisa and I, this is, this is going to be, this may sound harsh, <laughs> but this is becoming so real to me that we decided with our children, we would discipline them for complaining like rebellion. Wow. I okay? like it. So we, we, we had a no complaining thing Pause. in our household, okay? So I'm, I'm getting almost to the point where I'm proud because I'm not complaining, no matter what I'm going through, right? And one day I wake up on this fast. I'll never forget. I was in the mountains of Georgia. And I hear the Holy Spirit so clearly say, as soon as my eyes open up, I hear the complaining in your heart. Oh, my goodness. My feet didn't touch the floor. I rolled out of the bed straight to my knees, and I said, God, I'm so sorry. And I realized that he hears our hearts. Jesus knew their thoughts. He said, which is easier to say, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And I realized that that's really where it is. That's where it counts. And, And so... The, the thing, and this is why, I, and I'm not trying to sell a book, okay? This is a life message for me. Yeah. And can, can you take from a guy who's turning 60 this year? Okay. I, <laughs> <laughs> and I will, I will call you young man from the Yes, time. thank you. Uncle, yeah. I've gone through a lot of wildernesses, and I have made mistakes, and I've prolonged probably some seasons. And I don't want you to do that. Hmm. I need you to enter into your promised, fulfilled promise, because all of us have to get this job done. We have nations, we have cities, we have, we have so many people that need Jesus. But yet God loves you more than what he loves that you do for him. So God wants this character in you so that what he wants you to do doesn't destroy you like it did with Saul. Mm-hmm. And so I'm, I'm, I'm looking at the body of Christ prophetically. Let me, let me, let me go to a little overarching here. When I, in the early 1980s, I was a member of a church, and I was the executive assistant to the pastor. We had 450 staff members, and it was probably the best-known church in the United States. We had four-night seminars. In these meetings... We literally had a wall filled with wheelchairs, you know, walkers. I would watch, and I'm the executive assistant to the pastor, so I know it's true. I know it's not fake. I'm watching a guy come in with a red and white. I know he's blind because I know they're bringing him, and he walks out seeing. I watch the ambulance pull up, and the paramedics roll a guy who has less than 24 hours left to live, and the guy gets up, and he's so healed, he pushes his gurney out. Wow. Okay. Thank you, Lord. Uh, my pastor's walking down the aisle on a typical Sunday night, and he's joking around, and he looks at this guy, and he reads his mail. He was the Grand Wizard of the Ku Klux Klan. He had his Grand Wizard uniform under the seat and a gun under that, and he said, God, if you're not real tonight, I'm taking my life, and you're going to have to show me you're real. He walks into our church with 4,000 people in the sanctuary, and our pastor is joking while he's walking down the aisle, and then all of a sudden goes, you and reads his mail. Jesus appears in one of our services with two angels. 
800 people on the right balcony scream, okay? Simultaneously. It was like that. Wow. Leaves an imprint of his face on the wall that stayed there for a year and a half. Okay, I saw it with my own two eyes. So I'm thinking this is, this is normal Christianity, right? <laughs> and God speaks to me in the midst of all this because I'm the guy that's picking up all the guest speakers, right? God speaks to me in the midst of this and said, I've given a thimble full of my power to my church. Wow. He said, to see how she'd handle it. See if she's going to market it, make money off of it, if she's going to use it to promote, them, use it to promote themselves. He said, he, we didn't handle it well. Let's just leave it there. Okay. Half of those guys I picked up in the van, I don't want to say half, many of those people I had picked up in the van, who the people got out of the wheelchair, aren't even in ministry. My own pastor is not even in the ministry anymore today, to my knowledge, and the 4,000-seat auditorium was condemned. And I, I love that. I love this man so deeply. And I loved all these people so deeply. But we didn't handle it well. And with all due respect, if I was in this position, I would have done the same thing. Okay? Because I had a lot of character development that needed to be done. So let, let's not be thinking about that. Okay? Let's, let's look at what happened. God spoke to me. He said, I'm going to bring my church into a wilderness. Wow. And he said, when she comes out, I gave her thimbleful. When she comes out. She will operate in the greatest Thank amount of my presence and power that this earth has ever seen. Thank you, Lord. Now, here's the thing. The greatest attack against us in the wilderness comes just before we come out of it. So if you look at Jesus, he's in the wilderness being tempted. I mean, he, God affirms him, you're my son, publicly. Then the Holy Spirit leads him to the wilderness to be tempted of the yes. devil. But, he goes, but Luke's gospel, we all know this, says he goes into the wilderness, filled with the Spirit, but he returns in the power thereof. James says, blessed is the man that endures temptation. After he's tried, he'll receive the crown of life. We're thinking crown in heaven. No, 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 no. Well, yeah, that's probably true. But crown speaks of authority. With authority comes power. So Jesus comes out in the power thereof, right? So God showed me the church is going to come out with such power because she'll now have the character to handle it. But what I was sensing last year and I said to my team, I said, we need to get this book out as fast as possible, mm. is that these greatest attacks are going to come against the harvest just at the end. L look at David. 14 years he's in the desert. But what happens at the very end? The Amalekites kidnap his wives and children and his men's wives and children. They steal all their precious possessions. And he comes back, they find it. And now the last 600 guys that believe in you on the earth want to kill you. Yeah. So the greatest attack came just before he came out. So I feel in my heart, prophetically, we have to be prepared. And I believe this is a resource tool to strengthen us so that we don't become complainers. And in our crucial life-defining moment, not, not do what Joseph did, we'll do what Israel did. At TBN, our mission is to use every available means to reach as many individuals and families as possible with the life-changing gospel of Jesus Christ. Thank you for helping make the gospel of grace go around the world. Without you, we couldn't do it. God bless you. That was an interview with John Bevere on Praise on TBN, and you can find it on YouTube if you search under John Bevere, What's Keeping You from Your Destiny? Praise on TBN. You can also find out more information about John and his wife Lisa and their ministry at messengerinternational.org. I encourage you, again, to just take a few minutes with God today. Lord, where do I complain? God, where do I 
fall short in that area. And God, help me to change it and to shift it to be more like you. And God, help me to catch myself when I do complain and to shift it to gratitude. Hope you have a great day. And remember to live your 320 life today more than you can imagine. God bless you.